Hello and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. This is episode 159, an introduction to the Gardens series, part one. Part one. Oh man, I am so excited. Hello, welcome again. I am your host, Lori Creek, and I am with my favorite licensed therapist, Argyle expert, and my husband of almost 12 years in two days, Matt Creek. Hi. Happy 12. Happy 12. Look at us. We did it. We did it. A dozen. A dozen. Cheaper by the dozen. Oh. <laughs> of course, we do have the most professional radio voice among us, producer Steve. Hi, guys. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Isn't it sweeter by the dozen? I thought that was the... Sweeter mm. by the dozen. That is the joke my dad yep. makes all the time, because yep. I am, if you're a new listener, one of 12 kids, and that was always like the gateway conversation. 12 kids, sweeter by the dozen, cheaper by the dozen. Anyway, guys, before we get rolling today, I did want to invite you if you're a new listener or a longtime listener and you appreciate the content that we put out here, it would mean so much to us if you would take a hot second or two to rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. helps other people to find us. Uh, Speaking of find us, it was so fun recently. If you're listening, I'm so excited to give you a little shout out. I I was in the grocery store and someone stopped me. You guys, I am like famous in like a one by one square mile radius in Grand Rapids. So like certain corners of Grand Rapids, people will notice me. Uh, And they have to have like certain demographic pieces to them, certain age, et cetera. Anyway, she uh, saw me in the grocery store and just thanked us for the podcast uh, because someone was able to come out to her and trusted her to receive their story well uh, because of the ways that she spoke about uh, things related to LGBT, sexuality, marriage, And she said it was really due in part to this podcast. So if you're listening, hello, I see you. I won't say your name or anything like that. But thank you so much for listening. But guys, when you rate and review, you help spread the gospel and help really advance the kingdom of God, which is all of our life goal. Matt Krieg, you're going to help me with the intro today. And now I'm going to toss it to you. What? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, we are excited about the start of this series. And and what we're talking about today with the the mountain and the gardens and, and everything is something that really has drastically transformed not only how me and Lori talk about our marriage, but also a lot of what I do in counseling with people. So we're really excited to open this up and help unpack it for you guys. And even though he just dropped the marriage bomb, this is applicable to married people, to single people. And this is part one, because we're going to introduce this series on the gardens, which if you're already confused about that, we'll explain it further. Uh, But you may have heard a bit if you have read our book, An Impossible Marriage. But today we're going to do the what of the garden. And then next week, part two of the intro, we are going to be talking about really just how it is practically applied a little bit further, both between Matt and I, and when we're relating to other people. But before we dive in, let's do the question of the week from last week, because we love getting to know you listeners, whether it's in the grocery store or if it's through Instagram, Facebook, where we throw the question of the week from last week, which is, what's your favorite biography or memoir? Whose story have you read? And you're like, yeah, I love that. Uh, Steve, I have a guess of, I think I know what you're going to say, but Matt Creek, I Mm. don't know what you're going to say. First, whose answer from the audience Mm. did you resonate with? And then... How about yourself? I know you're not a yeah, biography yeah, or memoir yeah. reader. Yeah, I, I really liked what Jesse had to say on Facebook. 1,000 Gifts by Ann Voskamp is a longstanding one that I revisit about once a year. 
I need the joy reminder. Also, as of recently, Maybe You Should Talk to Someone by Lori Gottlieb um, is one of my favorites. As someone who's going into a counseling role, I found it insightful, poignant, and laugh out loud funny, which is saying something for a book. I really picked that one because, well, I know your love for AVK and Boss Camp <laughs> and had had to, if the opportunity was there, had to had to take it. For me personally, I really love the um, autobiography of a guy named Corin Horn, who is a Jedi. I'm kidding. That, I was that like, is wait, complete. What is happening? That is right complete now? fiction, <laughs> but Jedi. it is it is it is one of my favorite novels. Um, no, as far as biography or memoir, honestly, the only one that I can think of was The Insanity of God, mm. and it's not a true autobiography or biography or memoir, but it is a series of stories that just shows how involved God is and it's just very very encouraging very I don't know emboldening for for Christ and so that that would be I guess the one that I would choose if I'm being for real insanity of God by Nick Ripkin which is not his real name that one uh, we actually talk about in our book too but that one I think about a lot Mm -hmm. Steve O'Dell I have my guesses but which audience member um, stood out to you and then what's yours yeah well I'd have to say I I really like this one it was Ashley and she said the Lucille Ball autobiography that she wrote but never published and they found several years later after she had passed away Uh, Ashley also says I loved Lacey Sturm's autobiography um yeah, I just thought I didn't know any of that about the Lucille Ball uh, book. And uh, I used to watch every once in a while, I Love Lucy, you know, in reruns. Mm-hmm. I'm not that old. Sorry. <laughs> We've already been cracking a, jokes about your today. It's a bit of a sensitive today. subject. <laughs> today um, it is. Okay, so I'm very curious what you think I'm going to say. You talked about reading Bonhoeffer's biography, didn't you, for like a while? No, I did read The Cost of Discipleship by Bonhoeffer. Oh, I thought you were reading Metaxas's, uh, his no. version of, okay. Well, then here I am thinking I know you so well, well Steve, and here I'll sit. This, uh, <laughs> this one might make me sound almost as smart as if I was reading Bonhoeffer's. It's the C.S. Lewis Oh. Uh, autobiography, um, Surprised by Joy. Yes. Um, which I had to read with a dictionary because so many words, I'm like, I do not know that word. I'm going to look that up. And so it took a long time. But uh, yeah, that would be mine. I like that. I like how you challenge yourself like that. <laughs> I used to. <laughs> I used to. When I was a younger man. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I appreciated this one. Hi, this is Sarah. And one of my favorite memoirs is The Hiding Place by Corey Tenboom. Corey writes about her and her family's experiences during World War II in hiding and smuggling Jews, followed by being arrested and taken to a concentration camp. Um, the reason this book is so, so good goes far beyond the amazing story she tells, which is pretty amazing. <laughs> she, But she presents herself as a deeply flawed woman who experiences God's faithfulness over and over again, even as she is living in a concentration camp, experiencing the worst that humanity has to offer. She's constantly pointing back to Jesus, and it's just impossible to not grow in your faith when you read it, even if you've read it several times before, like I have. <laughs> I read The Hiding Place when I was a wee lass. Uh, I don't even know how old. My mom would just make us read biographies. It was just read a biography. Like if you're bored, we didn't watch TV, it was read a biography. And so I grew up with them. Uh, So I appreciate Corey's book that um, 
gave me some real inspo. I'm sure that word's still cool. Um, to, about like forgiveness and just being gritty. And uh, she's very inspiring to finish the word. Um, but I loved Amelia Earhart's. If you can just let me read a book about a woman breaking barriers. It's just going to just speak to my heart really deeply. So I liked Amelia Earhart's. That was one that was like, wow, girls can do stuff. (laughs) Okay, let's dive into the heart of the matter. Let's talk about the gardens. So again, guys, this is just the intro. And then we're going to go through each of the gardens. There are seven of them. uh, And we are actually going to invite guests uh, to unpack each of the gardens. Now, here's the deal. When we invite guests to talk about each of the gardens, they don't really know our metaphor. So it's not going to be like they're going to keep referring to our book in our sort of language, but they are going to help unpack these. Now, what are these? Matt, let's just talk about it. Let's just go Mm -hmm. there. So we keep saying the word gardens before people turn this off and are sick of us saying the G word. Can you help me understand like where were we? How did we come up this and with this? And what is this? Yeah. So, so I remember we were in our kitchen, we were having conversation about our marriage and, and trying to explain these, the, the whole concept of oneness without it becoming this kind of euphemism for, for sex. Yeah. Cause um, when, when people talk about oneness, at least when I would hear it, we've talked about this a few times on the podcast, mm-hmm. I'd be like, okay, you're just trying to get us to have more sex. I get it. You just can't say that word in the pulpit. So you and I were saying, we're, we're writing our book mm-hmm. and we are trying to figure out, okay, what is actual oneness? So go for it, Matt. Yeah. And so for me, because, because that physical component, the, the sexual component was something that for a long time was just off the table and, and not even approachable. Um, and, and in our marriage, in our marriage. Yeah. Like that, that, that was something that when I looked at our marriage, I'm like, I, I had to take my attention off of that. Cause if I just sat and looked and said, well, we can't, um, have sex, then it was disappointing. Yeah. I was disappointed because that's where my focus was, was on this thing that I couldn't have and thought I deserved. Um, but in talking about oneness and really exploring like, okay, what if I'm going to take a whole like overview, whole stock, big picture of our relationship, what are the spaces that we do really well in? What are the spaces that we, yes, could use work on? But, but what if we, if we are to actually take like a, a holistic view of the relationship and of like our marriage, how... How would I break it down? How would I make sense of kind of everything that we're going through? Because it was one of those things where it was like, okay, our relationship is actually better than when we could have sex. Yeah, when it was off the table, we felt more unity. Mm-hmm. We felt more joy when it was off the table because, and, and I'm not saying, oh, well, everyone just remove sex from their relationship. It'll be better. It's It was such a source of dissonance and fraction and friction and... Uh, I don't think fraction, faction, <laughs> factions, fractures, fractures, sure. And fissures, all those words. Um, but that we, to remove it, then we could actually look at our, our marriage and relationship mm-hmm. on the whole and see, like you just said, Matt, yeah. like, oh, there are places where mm-hmm. we connect, where we experience oneness without sex. Yeah. So then what? Yeah. And so for me, it really helped me 
see life that it wasn't just about like this one kind of physical component of our relationship that it was it, it was very holistic and if you've heard me talk more recently than than you probably have heard me talk about how sex for a guy is not just a physical thing there is this emotional piece to it because we are emotional creatures we're intellectual creatures we are social creatures we are all these things and so we can't just look at oneness as this physical union it has to be more than that so we were you were and i was i remember sitting right on the stool i think the kids were simultaneously mm-hmm. sleeping praise the lord all three and we were talking so we were both looking at our sexual relationship we were thinking about sex but then at the same time we were thinking about oneness and not sex in our relationship so you're saying sex isn't just a physical thing Mm -hmm. it taps these different areas in our life such as it's emotional it's spiritual it's you know we talk about stewardship we'll dive into that it it can tap all of these different areas and so it's not that life is a timeline or relationships are a timeline and all roads lead to sexual intimacy and that's the ultimate way of connecting with someone Mm -hmm. it can be a holistic way to show someone if you're in a covenant relationship uh, god's love for them but it's not only one area of your life Mm -hmm. uh, and it's not the ultimate area. Yeah. So I remember thinking in this conversation, I was like, okay, but Matt, single people, it, it can't, whatever this metaphor is that we're coming up with, Mm -hmm. it has to be both good for single people and married people. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to back it up and then I'm going to probably pause at different times, Matt, and I'm going to toss it to you. So what we're describing is visual. So I am praying while I'm talking and, uh, I'm actually going to put up, um, some, pictures of what we're talking about of these gardens and even some evaluations that you could take on our podcast episode page. You can go to lauriecreek.com and you can click on episode 159 under the podcast link and you guys are going to see some of these pictures. So here's where we went in this kitchen conversation is if you think about the body of Christ and you picture it like a little gingerbread man I've made probably 10,000 gingerbread rounds this Christmas holiday season. Do you picture a gingerbread man as the body of Christ and you zoom in on the foot and there, you know, if you pick like one little area there, you zoom in on like a cell and maybe that cell is Matt and I living on in the body of Christ. And if you zoom really close in on that cell, it's actually a mountain. And next to it in the cell around it is, oh, look, there's Steve and Kelly's mountain right near us in the little mountain range next to us. So it's like a cell has now turned into a mountain. Keep going with me. Keep going, guys. It's on body (laughs) moving in. And then, oh, look, there's our friend Kat and another friend Anna. And look on this mountain that Matt and I live on this cell, our kids are on there. So instead of viewing We're already not viewing life as a timeline where you're on your own little life and then you find someone and now two become one on a different path. It's body of Christ zooming in on one area and that would maybe be like your church family mountain range and then Mm -hmm. zoom in on one mountain and that's where Matt and I are living on this one mountain together. But I mentioned single people already. Mm -hmm. If you're not married, you're living on your mountain alone, but you're in a mountain range. And so... Matt, this is kind of the visual that we got is there's a mountain. And if you're married, there's two people on it, but you have a mountain, there's a mountain range around you. You're supposed to be in community. Now, Mm -hmm. Matt and I were single at one point. Mm 
uh, living on our own mountains with, Mm -hmm. we said there's seven gardens on these mountains. Now, the purpose of this podcast series, I hope we walk away seeing that life is not just a linear timeline. Mm -hmm. It's a garden, it's a lush garden to cultivate with the capital G gardener. So Matt, let's talk about when you and I were single. And will you please describe those seven gardens on this mountain? Yeah, so so when we are single and when we are married, our gardens don't change. It's not like we have an additional garden that comes in. We are, I said, we are created. We are social people. There's a social garden. On there, so that you want to cultivate yes. with Jesus, mm-hmm. the capital G gardener, mm-hmm. to produce fruit. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and so this is this is how we relate with anyone, whether it's a friendship, whether it's a family relationship. In many ways, um, there there is just this social aspect to our lives. There's an intellectual aspect, how we engage topics of the mind. There's a physical aspect, how we take care of our physical bodies. Um, is that where sex hangs out? Is that the well? I mean, we that is the most the one most readily kind of associated with sex. But as we've said, sex is not just a physical act. It, it can be, but it, it's not supposed to just sit there okay. um, because sex is supposed to be something that spans multiple gardens. So having sex, if you're in a covenant marital relationship with mm-hmm. uh, your spouse, um, it could activate multiple gardens. It could yes. produce fruit in multiple gardens. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not just in the physical garden. All right. Already I'm not seen so linearly. What's next? Yeah. So, so intellectual, physical, there's an emotional garden. There's, there's just how we feel, talking, crying, laughing, emoting with one another, how we express that stuff that is going on in our internal world. Um, the spiritual garden, this, this is a massive one. God has breathed his spirit into us at the creation of, of humankind. Like, this is something that we need to cultivate is a spiritual connection with God. And we don't do that alone. Um, there, you already mentioned the stewardship garden, how we utilize our resources, stewardship. our time. Stewardship. stewardship. Okay. How do we yes. utilize our resources? Yeah. How do we, how do we direct, whether it's financial, whether it's tangible resources, whether it's time, talents, gifts, how we use the stuff which God has given us. Hmm. Um, and then there's the family garden, the relationship to mom, dad, brother, sister, aunts, uncles, kids, if you have them, like, how we are directing our family hmm. and and yeah as as you as you look at this you are one member of of an, of an entire mountain range and so the thing that that happens with with marriage is oh you you have two mountains two individuals on their own mountains and there's this crashing together of two becoming one and then two people learning how to cultivate all of these gardens together as opposed to just being able to do that unilaterally on their own. Right. In relationship to the other mountains mm-hmm. in the range yes. and with God, capital G gardener on the mountain with them. So already I'm seeing, Oh, that sounds challenging, Matt, mm-hmm. <laughs> that the smashing together of two mountains becoming one, that noisy affair we call a wedding uh, you can see how that could be challenging because all of a sudden now you have another whole person mm-hmm. who's on this one mountain and they brought in their gifts, 1,000 gifts, <laughs> and they're bringing in also some other stuff, Yeah, Matt, like weeds. 
and rocks. Mm -hmm. And what else? Can we talk about some of those issues that we bring into marriage? Um, What are those? Yeah, so we call those our rocks, which represent the sin that was done to us or the effects of the fall on us. These things that are unchosen, the rocks that we have to till in our gardens. Okay, Uh, so we'd want to remove these rocks. So mm -hmm. single people, as we have them, and then if you get married, you bring them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, can you give us some examples of what, so these are, this is sin done to us, Mm -hmm. the effects of the fall on us, this is unchosen. So what are some examples of that? Yes. So, I mean, this could be things ranging from trauma, effects of childhood trauma, abuse, things like that. This could be um, more benign seeming things, being um, never the center of attention, never being overtly told that I love you, never being chosen first for the sports team or for gym class or whatever. Like all, all of these different ways that we are wounded um, or it, it can be something that is just a result of maybe coming up and growing up in a broken home. Mm-hmm. If your parents were divorced or if, if there were people in and out of your life where, where you, you carry the weight of those relationships kind of with you as you go forward through your life. Um, and so those are, those are the rocks. The things that are done to us are the, the unchosen effects of the fall that, that have affected how we view and how we interact with the world. Okay, so... Wow. Already I'm, I'm seeing, again, life less linearly. And um, as I think about it, this, because I'm like, man, I was already getting into linear life. Uh, but I see how for single people, oh, that's a project. I need to have counselors, to have friends, to have pastors. Mm-hmm. They're not going to come onto the mountain. I, I feel like when you get married, there's like a, a fence that goes around it. And the two of you are in there and there's a covenant fence. Um but so they're not going to come onto the mountain, but they can get real close and they can look in and they can help. Hey, there's a rock there. Even if we don't see it, we also bring weeds with us, Matt, don't we? Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't, but I've heard (laughs) of people bringing in like sin issues to Mm -hmm. marriage and stuff. Yeah. And so, well, you just said it, weeds that we, we call weeds are the sin tendencies within us. The things that we easily will run to, um, when, when we're struggling Mm. Um, these unchosen defaults, temptations that we have, whether we act on them or not. And that could be toward, toward sexuality. That could be toward, toward consumerism and, and greed and, you know, gluttony, any, any kind of sin tendency that, that we can run to, hmm. um, perfectionism, even worry. I don't know that one. What's perfectionism? <laughs> Oh, man, that's been a tough one in our marriage lately. Oh, boy. Okay, Matt Krieg, mold. Tell yes. me tell me about mold. So so mold is, is, it's aggravated by like the circumstances that you find yourself in. So it, it kind of grows in the dark. It's um, lies that we believe about ourselves, the world, God, feelings of, of needing to be passive or, or aggressive in order to achieve some sense of safety or control. There's bitterness, there's unforgiveness. So when all those rocks, the, the actual wounds, the things that have been done to you, it's like if you leave that to, to fester, mm. that, that rock can grow mold on it. So it's like where the enemy just takes something and mm-hmm. just distorts it and makes it worse. Yeah. And I think like, yeah, if you think about even the weeds, 
if moldy, like a moldy nasty. So it's like, here's my sin propensity. You're letting it grow like crazy. And mm-hmm. then adding the mold in there, like it just can multiply times a million in the dark mm-hmm. in the dank isolation. Okay. So Matt, help us understand, um, when you explain this to people, how do you help them? How does this help them relate to each other? Well, the goal that I have, if I'm working with people in counseling, if, whether it's a marriage or whether it's someone who is just single, maybe struggling with their, let's say, vocation or, or anxieties about a certain thing, um, it, it's helpful because we can ruminate, we can focus on the problem so much that it becomes overwhelming, whatever that issue is. If it's communication patterns, if it's not getting along with a spouse, if it's job issues, um, whether it's whatever, we we focus on the problem and we, we often lose sight of the fact that there are other places where, where God has specifically and uniquely gifted us as well. And so part of the reason that I like to use the mountain is it, it helps them to take a, a holistic stock of their life, the, the things that they're good at. And yes, their their shortcomings, the things that they need to work on. But, but when you do that, it helps to remove some of the shame yeah. associated with the fact that I'm not perfect. Mm. And, and, and so to, to, to take a look and, and to see, wow, I am very intellectually gifted, even if I am emotionally not quite as adept. I am very you know, good at social things and gathering people and, and, and helping foster community, even if I don't have a family or a vocation that I'm really enjoying, like that, that there are places in life where, where you have a call, you have a purpose and, and ultimately places where you can bear fruit Hmm. Um, because it's always helpful to, to go towards something rather than just try and mitigate something. I love that because it's so easy to just say, well, he's the smart one and he just doesn't have emotional depth. Sorry, I stereotype by using he or she is just the smart one and doesn't just have emotional depth, you know, but to say, okay, that's not just a shrug. That's just the way they are. Nor is it a, well, you don't have emotional depth. It's mm-hmm. let's work on this together. I love that you mm-hmm. highlighted the the shame reduction. I, I want to now highlight that piece you said to produce fruit. So this is John 15. I am the grapevine. This is Jesus saying that. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit. So they'll produce even more. So, you hear this garden language, you see it, Genesis to Revelation. Uh, but he says, you've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. So there's so much to this metaphor. There's so much in those verses mm-hmm. um, in the sense that single or married, we are to try and, and have more of that abiding, that union with Jesus so that mm-hmm. we know his instincts where he wants to, which garden does he want to move in? What does he want to uproot today? And he's so gentle and tender. If you think about gardeners, I rarely mm-hmm. see a gardener being like, well, I'm going to go do the garden, like working really hard and really fast. There's such a, there's a art to it. And mm-hmm. It's so unique to each home and each, you know, even if you go to professional gardens, each area has its own look. So I like to highlight that, you know, 
lack of shame that working with the gardener um, and then working if you're called to marriage with your spouse to now the three of you are in tandem trying to work. Well, I mean, the two of you are trying to work in tandem with the gardener. Like, where does he want to move and work? And that there's a gift even in, in marriage and in community covenant with the mountain range around you that can say, hey, here's some weeds. You're like, I don't really want to work on those. Like that perfectionism one, mm-hmm. Matt. <laughs> but it's good. Mm-hmm. But now let me just focus in on the fruit production piece. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to remove these weeds, these rocks to eliminate the enemy's aggravation of circumstances, which that just to kind of bring that one home. I think about the rock in our marriage, Matt, the the childhood trauma that we talk about in mm-hmm. impossible marriage. And then the enemy just, it felt like mold on a rock. It just, it felt so like it was poisoning me Mm -hmm. and the shame that was, you know, coming up from it, this unprocessed childhood trauma, the lies. And so anyway, just to kind of add a tangible example to that, but we're not removing these so that we can just run around and eat all the fruit and gorge ourselves on it. That's not, not part of it. You know, we want to produce fruit so that we could taste it. But the reason we even say it's a mountain as opposed to, well, here's your plot of land with your seven gardens and here's your plot of land with your seven gardens. It's a mountain because it has a plane. It it goes down. Mm -hmm. So we want to produce the fruit and roll it down the hill to go back into, remember the gingerbread body of Christ. (laughs) Don't zap me. I'm not a heretic. Don't, I don't want us to get zapped. Um, but that's not how God works. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that the fruit goes back into the body. Mm -hmm. So Ephesians 4, 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love, Mm -hmm. which Matt, I didn't, I didn't have this planned. And, and next week, we're going to be unpacking how core needs relates to this. We're going to try and get really practical, Matt, with um, anonymously clients you've walked with, or you and I, how we think through this, even as we're walking with each other, with our friends and with our kids. Mm-hmm. But Matt, you know, you and I, we pray even year to year. Um, but if, if here we are two becoming one, on this one little cell slash mountain mm-hmm. in our mountain range. It's interesting to think about how you and I together, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Like you and I have our unique gifts, but in our marriage, we have a, I want to say unique contribution to the body of Christ together. Mm-hmm. Putting you on the spot, babe. What would you say is our, in our singular Matt and Lori Krieg mountain, is our contribution or calling to offer the body of Christ? I mean, I, I think there's, there's more than one thing, but the thing that jumps out immediately is, is something that multiple people have said to us and about us, um, which is, Ultimately, the mountain, the whole goal of the fruit that we produce is to instill something, to, to be a beacon of, of this is what God's love looks like to, to all of us. Mm. And, and I think the one thing that people have consistently commented on is how we communicate. 
Hmm. Um, and, and so I don't, as far as a garden, I think we're pretty good with the intellectual thing. We can communicate. We can express things very well together. Um, and so as far as just one of those unique, and, and again, there's more than one, but one of those unique places I think is that people will comment that, that we're pretty good at how we communicate together and how we love each other in that communication. Well, I pray that that is something that we can offer, even though there are times where you're like, did you not tell me we were doing a podcast? (laughs) I'm like, oh, Lord. But there's that perfectionism weed. I'm going to just say thank you, Matt, and God, let it be so. But guys, I ask Matt that not to... uh, boost us up but just to offer an example for you who are listening to think about spend some time as uh if you are not called to marriage to ask the lord what's the unique contribution that i offer the body of christ and then how does that look in the mountain range around me what's something we together are uniquely Mm -hmm. there's a thought matt we got to think about that with our church community what are we uniquely contributing to the body of christ what's the fruit we're producing are we producing fruit what kind of fruit Mm -hmm. are we producing so i just offer that to you all who are listening to sit down with yourself as a couple as an individual um, with your community, with the mountain range around you to just ask, what is God calling us? What's the unique fruit we're offering? And then if you're like, man, I don't even know, think about each of those um, gardens and, and think about, okay, what, what maybe are some areas in these gardens that man, we got a, there's some weeds going on up in here. Hey, mm-hmm. there's that rock. Yeah. I don't want to work on that, you know, and it's not a shamey thing. It's not a pinprick Um, the negative. So on that, what are unique seeds (laughs) that you are planting in each of these places that you, you can bring the the unique gifting that God put in your hands that he wants to grow in these gardens with you. Okay. So I think that's enough for today. It's a lot to process. Uh, We are going to come back next week. And again, we're going to add one more layer, one more layer, which is core needs. Um, And that for us, adding the core needs has helped us get out of fights. (laughs) Like it just helps. It's just a light bulb. So to both see, oh, Matt's working in that garden. That's level one. Again, we'll talk about that layer of fights, Mm -hmm. but then two, okay, what do you actually need here? Um, So guys, what do you think about this? We'd love to hear any feedback on these gardens. And again, let us know where has God uniquely called you what fruit does he want to produce in you to to help the body be healthy and fully growing and full of love Mm -hmm. but that's not our question of the week for next week (laughs) it is (laughs) i literally just googled icebreaker questions and this one made me laugh out loud all by myself so here it is if you were a potato how would you like to be cooked I need to know, friends. I need to know. Mm-hmm. So if you're a potato, how would you like to be cooked? We're going to send around the horn next week. Hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I'm most active on Instagram. Matt, this is the part where I thank the guest. And thank you, my co-host. And this is also the part where I usually say, go get their book. Go get Matt's book. (laughs) His non-memoir. No, but Impossible Marriage, you're welcome to. We do talk about this uh, in the latter half of the book. But guys, 
Thanks for being a part of our listening family. I saw we are almost to 300,000 downloads of this bad boy. Um, thanks so much for being some of those downloads listening. Uh, but you're not just a download. You are a face and a name and a heart and a story. And we're so deeply grateful for you. I say this all the time, but we have the best listeners and I believe it. Okay. For all of us here at the Hole in My Heart podcast, guys, Lord willing, we will see you next week. Bye.